Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, I'm Sarah Pascoe. Hello, I'm Carrie Lloyd, And we're weird about books. We love to read. We read too much. We talk too much. About the too much that we've read. Which is why we've created the The Weirdos Weirdos Book Club. Join us. A space for the lonely outsider to feel accepted and appreciated. A place for the person who'd love to be in a real book club but doesn't like wine or nibbles. Or being around other people. Is that you? Join us. Check out our Instagram at Sarah and Carrie Ads Weirdos Book Club for the upcoming books we're going to be discussing. You can read along and share your opinions. Or just skulk around in your raincoat like the weirdo you are. Thank Thank you for reading with us. We We like reading with you. This week's book guest is Bluet, Bluettes by Maggie Nelson. What's it about? It's a collection of short suppositions on the colour blue. What qualifies it for the Weirdos Book Club? Well, it's a book about blue. In this episode, we discuss poetry, lapis lazuli, gouging, inspiration, Joni Mitchell, Goethe, pain, love letters and Ricky Gervais. And joining us this week is Katie Wicks. Katie is an actor and writer and you'll know her from Staff Let's Flat and Ghosts and the author of the incredible memoir, Delicacy. Trigger warning, heartbreak and suicide. Welcome Katie Wicks and your apple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Some the guests just bring their book, but you that's bought a, yourself a real apple for teacher. A real power move. <laughs> if, if, we're, if we're making a point that you don't agree with, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> really early on when I did the podcast, when they were still quite new, um, I was eating a carrot. I was really, really hungry. I was eating a carrot throughout. Mm. And so many complaints. It was really tense. It was mm. horrible. I really learnt my lesson. So, Katie, we're very excited to have you. And you have chosen this week. We don't yes. always let our guests choose. We don't know. It's very rare oh. that, that our mm. guests very choose. Uh, it's oh, by you. Maggie Nelson. And how are we saying it? Bluets. Bluets. Well, Bluets. Bluets. She, she talks about getting yes, it wrong. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That, that bit towards the end. Because I assumed it was Bluets. But then I yeah. think she says technically it's, it's Bluet. I know. Oh, yeah, and I'm glad she tells me it. that at the end. Yeah, I got that. Blue it, blue it, yeah, blue it. Yeah. 
blue egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blue that's what I got from that. Yeah. But I mean, I, I had to, it was, it was really fun to have to read it again. And even yes. though it's short, I, I was, yesterday I was like, oh, I've got an hour, I'll read this. Forgetting mm. it's like yeah. the most dense, it is dense. thing. Yeah. And it does, you can't read it an hour, even though it's so 97 when pages. Did you I have first to pause. Read it. Yeah, how, did you, um, how did you discover this book? How did it find you? That's quite, yeah, that's quite a, a fun story because, well, not fun, but interesting <laughs> for me. So when I got uh, my, my book commissioned, um, I thought, well, I don't know how to write a book. This is going to be a disaster. So rather than start writing straight away, I spent about six months just just reading and sort of trying to learn how to to write to write. Um, because until that point, I didn't I didn't really know what I was doing, and I wanted to you know take it seriously and try and see if I could really work on craft and writing something that had some artistic value rather than just oh someone who's been on tv's in a book kind of thing so I took it very seriously and um ha- I have a really good mentor as well who's so smart and has read everything who's so literary that I would send those drafts to and get incredible notes and so I felt like it, it was kind of an, a doubly incredible experience because it forced me to learn how to get better at, at writing and take it more seriously but around about this time do you know um, a writer called Matilda Winnick? She's in a double act as well called Beard. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember speaking to her and she, she's one of the smartest people I've ever met. And I was in the Edinburgh Courtyard and I said, oh, you know, I've, I'm going to write this memoir and I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just reading loads of women's memoir and getting really inspired. And she said, well, obviously you, you, you've read Maggie Nelson, right? She was like, that's the first thing you do. And I was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> and then, so she, she wrote a memoir, Maggie Nelson, called The Argonauts. The Argonauts which is yeah. the first one which I It's incredible. Yeah. So she, that was the first thing she said. She said, well, obviously read that. So I read that and it was it was kind of like a door opened in my head that yeah. I didn't even know was there was a door there. It mm-hmm. was like, wow, it's a whole other you way can to write, write this. Yeah. To yeah. communicate. And actually, I do think this is true of your book as well, Katie, which is why it's so interesting you went through this process. Yeah. But it feels like, the, you know, the person invented a way to write to communicate what they had to say, yeah. which could only yeah. be expressed that way. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. Are, there are yeah. techniques yeah. in your book. I don't think Megan Nelson is very funny which you are <laughs> yeah, yeah. do you know what I did read one review and they picked up on this one bit and they were talking about how hilarious it was and I was like come on <laughs> yeah. she's, she's my she's my heroine but yeah. she's yeah, not not you're not watching her Edinburgh show <laughs> whereas you, know, you have some that. some sort of joke format really in your book that I um, off the top of my head I think of you texting your personal trainer oh yeah and um yeah no, and I love it, it because I love it when I see a joke format that I've yeah. never seen before because the writer has invented it to tell a joke this way oh that's and and gracious. with Maggie in a slightly more I kept I was when I was reading it last night I kept thinking of the word preposterous it's actually preposterous how she writes yeah 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 this it book is. it's it's this book audacious audacious it's so far off the scale of audacious I kept going yeah. it's yeah. preposterous she's written a book yeah. which is little little segments sort of tiny poem vignettes and it really yeah. is about the color blue mm. Yeah. And then, and then, because it's about the colour blue, it's then about some other things. Yeah. So after I read the arguments, this was the one I read next, which was even more helpful. And I, I stole this format of one of my chapters. And the re- the only because I've because I've obviously I don't know if you do this, but when I when I love a writer, I go away and I you know I'll read every interview mm-hmm. with them and try and find out about their life and stuff like that. And I was listening to her on a podcast, and she was talking about. Um, the, this series of propositions that she calls. Mm. So the book is like a series of numbered propositions, mm. one to 250, I think. Mm. Um, 
it's sort of like an homage to Wick- Wittgenstein, who mm-hmm. writes in this way. So it's got this kind of scientific, philosophical argument there as well. So that's that's kind of part of the reason. But I guess I saw I see them as like little poems as well. Yeah, they feel and like tiny um, stanzas of yeah, poems. Yeah. And she also said that she rearranged them in lots of different ways. Yeah. And it, almost you could read them in any order or you could read yeah. them in this order. Yeah. It really I, defies sort of description yeah. in, in a really lush way, in a way that really inspired me as well, mm. because I thought I, there's no way I can just plod along chronologically, then this happened, then this happened mm. when I was going to write. I thought I'd be so bored and I don't have the attention span and the confidence to do to think like massive structures, I have to break it down into little fragments. Lydia Davis was another huge inspiration to me. He writes like these micro stories, hundreds of them. So I kind of knew that really appealed to me. But um, it's that thing about short books, which you yeah. know we've had episodes about giant books, which right. like you said are epic and it's a big yarn and a big story. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I think, yarn. and I think then you get a book <laughs> like this that you, it can be easy to think that's easy to write like that or it's simple but like you said it's not a simple book at all even though pitch elevator pitch would be like it's some poems about being in love with blue yeah but it's so it's doing a lot oh yeah considering it's it's 250 standards that are small and there's a lot of it i don't understand yes i should say that straight away in case anyone and i always hope this with our podcast that someone goes oh i'm gonna get that book it sounds really interesting yeah and I'm fine with the fact there's so much I don't understand. I think it requires a read. A <laughs> That's why I could admit it, well, Katie. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, think that it, was my third read and yeah. I was getting new stuff. It was like, it was a different book, actually. Yeah, it was same. kind of spooky. I yeah. was like, wait, I read that before? Yeah. And, and either it would make more sense or less sense yeah. or yeah. a different... In yeah. a way that poems can affect you so differently. Yeah. Because my first read, and I again, the classic, I read it off the back of reading wifedom which is about the wife of george orwell who was kind of written out of history it's very factual very raw very angry but very um the truth is very on the surface yeah and then i came to this and i was like oh like mm. she's not telling me anything so she, she's what's requiring happening. a lot from the and the reread and i am um, there for, for this <laughs> yeah i was like oh this is very calm and peaceful but when i read it before i felt like i wasn't oh, getting that also it's so sad it's incredibly sad and and sadness mm. does need quiet it yeah needs to i wasn't ready i was it's on not adrenaline trauma yeah it's yeah. not drama it's not violence yeah it's the, and and the sadness of it is indulgent sadness it's very indulgent and yeah. you do have to kind of Sometimes I loved her, and other times I was like, oh, fuck off, Maggie. Yeah, well, no, I, I, love fuck off. I loved it Sometimes when there was occasionally, I'd go, okay, I mean, I adore you, Maggie Nelson, yeah. and that's so pretentious what you just <laughs> yeah, said. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I, I know what you mean, but the same, one of the things I love about her is mm. um, it, it, even with indulgence, it's like this precision mm. of language yeah. and, and her, her mind and how learned she is, yeah. and, and the mixture of um, this sort of this rigor. You know, how intelligent she is, yeah. mixed with just bodily, sexual, well, crass. Yeah, then suddenly she'll talk about a blue, day. veiny cock. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Really, and you go, oh, but this is really, this yeah. isn't, it isn't pretentious because this yeah. is what your mind is thinking about in exactly the same way. You're not trying to shock me with a description of a penis and you're not trying to show off how clever you are. When you, she talks a lot about philosophers like I also know what she knows mm-hmm. and I don't. Mm-hmm. But while interweaving... Really high and low. Yeah, because yeah. she's yeah. also talking about who I'm a massive fan of, Joni Mitchell, who oh, obviously yeah. has an album, Blue, and that comes up a lot. And then she's talking about missing fucking this ex-boyfriend and 
people, the saints who claw out their eyes so mm. that they can, their blue eyes. Yeah. The references that she throws in, it yeah. is high and low, but she does it in a very poetic way. Totally. That's one of the things I love about it as well is... Um, it, which she did in the Argonauts that you, she shows you what she what she reads yeah. and how she got there and that was really helpful. Like I always try and follow up some mm. of the readers she mentions because I sort of want I just want access to you yeah. know, like her yeah. experience. And, and also um, that's the only way to sort of know what she's telling you mm, is to mm. go okay. If you're using two words, if you're saying that and that, I need to find out what both of those words mean. Yeah. So I know yeah, what you yeah. told me. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And even the way she talks about. Um, you know that she enjoys telling people that she's writing a book about the yeah. blue, <laughs> yeah, and, that, yeah. and and trying to get funding for it, and no one's interested. Mm. And what a kind of bizarre idea it sounds. I um, loved it when she described the satin bowerbird for oh, several. Yes, and yeah. she's talking yeah. about this male yeah. satin bowerbird, which actually probably most of us have seen on like a. I want to say Daniel Attenborough, but that's not his name. <laughs> David. David. <laughs> His brother Daniel was very funny. <laughs> on a David Attenborough show. His successor. And, and, and then she sort of says, maybe I'm a female Saturn Powerbird. And I was like, maybe you are, though. Yeah. 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 She starts by saying, suppose I fell in love with a colour, so yeah. it opens. So I like the fact that it's almost like, well, ha- well have I? You know, suppose. Yeah. yeah. And then so you have this whole... This whole incredibly like detailed exploration of the colour, but also like pain and divinity and heartbreak, and it's all about her heartbreak as well. And at the end, and and the bit I I think I quoted it in the book. I remember that I stole from my mm. book. Um, at, right at the end, she undermines it all by sort of saying, "I would rather have had mm. you than yes. any of this blue." Yeah. Um, which I really related to because my book was so much about loss. I stole it at the end to sort of say, well. The only reason I could write this book was because all these things happened to me mm-hmm. that were kind of rich enough to write about. But I would rather have the people back and alive yes. and there'd be no book. Yeah. And that's you know, the truth, even though it took yeah. like a year of my life to, to write. So and it's I true. really related to that. And yeah, it, was, it really I, undermined the whole point of the book in a really cool way that was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, this, I've written this whole book about this colour, but actually it's about a distraction from my yeah. heartbreak at the end. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was really nice. I, on the reread, that really stood out to me of that bit of just like the two sweetest experiences yeah. are like yeah, making love to you, yeah. basically, and not mm. having that. Prince of Blue. And yeah, Prince of Blue. And I have written a book about grief. Oh, and yeah, I, of course, felt more that. than one. <laughs> <laughs> if the rumours to be believed. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, I had to write like an end note for the paperback. And that's what I wrote in the end note of like, when you've written about a great loss you feel privileged that you're allowed that chance to do it. And then when I'd sort of got it off my chest, so to speak, I looked around at other people my age and thought, oh, right, that's what I'd do if I didn't have all this shit to deal with. Like I looked at someone else doing something, like I had a break from comedy to go down this grief road. And I was like, oh man. So if it hadn't happened, maybe I just stayed there making jokes about stuff, but my heart was full of pain. I couldn't do that. And so I felt that on that that note she said, I was like, for all her intellectualising and her, references and her beauty she is heartbroken yeah and I was like no, oh yeah it's interesting you say that because I had a similar thing that when I was grieving that it was like I definitely lost my sense of humor for about a year mm. in a really stubborn yeah just in a way that was like nope you no. can't you can't force me out of this mm. nothing I this isn't I don't find any of this funny yeah, like it's, it's not pointless. like it's so pointless I'm gonna make I'm gonna smile through it it's like I'm not interested in mm. doing that I'm interested in like really sitting in this like wallowing in it mm. in a really self-indulgent way till I'm ready. Well, I think it's hard when people know you for 
for being funny yeah. or for being flippant about things yeah. and then they they hit a wall with you and you're like yeah, yeah but not this <laughs> like yeah i'm it's a like human a weird obviously projection isn't yeah it, that you always will have understandably both of you wrote books that had jokes in alongside yeah being bereft we can't help but be funny <laughs> no but so, so, well, so what's the relationship is that it, well. is that a conscious choice do you think it's a personality thing i mean for me it's yeah. very much it's it's I'm in control of that humour though. Like, so I'm making the jokes about it. What I find is acceptable, like the the limits. And then I'm also able to be achingly sincere about my pain because it's my book. Mm. So, but I was also writing a book that was, mm, a guidebook's not right, but it was like, dad. (laughs) (laughs) I was writing a book that was about Help, helping people get through this experience yeah. so I you knew wanted that, to I knew I needed yeah. to have humour in it so that it wouldn't be scary because yeah. I know that the way I view grief and talking about it is a bit intense for some people yeah so the jokes for me were like hey don't worry mm. once you get in here I'm gonna be really intense yeah. but don't worry <laughs> I'm gonna joke you in the room mm. that's what it was for me yeah. I don't know what your experience well like, I yeah I agree I felt really self-conscious about suddenly trying to write very sincerely yes. really self-conscious yeah. about it after years of just trying of doing the opposite silly, throwing yeah. it always away um and I felt like it was a it was a joke for someone and, and the serious bit for me. Yeah, and a joke yeah, for someone yeah. Because the bits I loved to write the most were the were the not funny bits. Yeah, that's it how was, I felt. The really heartfelt yeah. bits that made me cry. Typing. Yeah, it. and <laughs> those bits were creatively invigorating as well. Mm. To be like, well, can I? Am am any good at actually doing real writing? Yeah. <laughs> like, what would happen if I, I did think that? that's very much coming from comedy or when or when comedy is not easy for you but it's something that comes naturally yeah. it's where you began you're safe safe you yeah. always see the other yes. stuff as real so I felt yeah. like that when I had to write my book of like well that's proper writing like yeah and Edinburgh is not proper standing on stage with bad lipstick and a wig is not proper <laughs> like it's <laughs> stupid God, and so yeah it definitely <laughs> s- seemed to me like you slightly have to prove yourself but mm. it is a topic grief heartbreak that requires that seriousness but then your personality one's personality you know if you are a comic or you have done that it, there's always that reverence to yeah. how you see the world slightly yeah you can't help but think of jokes as yeah, well yeah. when you're, you can't help it yeah. along the way it just yeah. it just does it doesn't it it's like oh oh yes yeah. i've just made that little connection oh yeah, yeah i'll put that in because yeah. it's funny that's why car drives with comedians are so <laughs> unbearable <laughs> yeah because <laughs> you've got four brains all doing that exact same thing like <laughs> the netflix d- series so bad they yeah. made it into a yeah. <laughs> i pitched it first it was just me crashing a car into a wall <laughs> With everyone saying this yeah. is not funny, me, me stopping at Anessa going, "Get out, get out!" until you could just look out the window without doing gags. I thought because the linear nature of this book, and there is there is a linear story too, but yeah, loose in there. Yeah, but I um, I wondered if we could just pick paragraphs and just sure. discuss them. Because yeah, something that I thought was I've got my wonderful little, um, and um very cleverly done oh i'm excited to hear is um this sort of side by side of the person you're in love with does something which makes you think that they're not the person you thought they are which actually mm-hmm. is about finding out who they actually are mm-hmm. and how that's exactly the same with color is that you don't know that anyone sees color oh, how yes. you see it yeah, yeah, yeah. and and what does that mean yeah and how much does yeah. it bother you and so she has this quote about like just let the objects be the objects yeah, um, which I'm paraphrasing. If he hadn't lied to you, he would have been a different person than he is. 
She's trying to get me to see that although I thought I loved this man very completely for exactly who he was, I was in fact blind to the man he actually was or is. Oh, I found that bit really good. I was like, yeah. like that's every woman in therapy. Well, I think everyone who's <laughs> yeah, ever loved absolutely. anyone, yeah. actually. I think there's this, you, you fall in love, you're building a sense, and then there's this next phase, which is letting go of the things you built yeah. or, or not, yeah. and then having the difficulty of... And she very carefully, yeah. cleverly links that to blue. So I've mm. got one I marked. It's um, She's talking about Goethe, that's he say, isn't it? Yeah, Describes I think blue so. as a lively colour. Um, it may be said to disturb rather than enliven. Is to be in love with blue then, to be in love with the disturbance, or is the love itself the disturbance? And what kind of madness is it anyway to be in love with something constitutionally incapable of loving you back? Yeah, I love and that. And I was bit. like... Obviously, that's yeah. a relationship. Obviously, that's the colour. Like to, to all take that, fam. There's, <laughs> there's that really funny bit as well where she says, in fact, this is a genuinely funny bit that made me laugh, when she talks about whether blue could keep you company and whether yes. it could love you back. She sees something blue and it's like, oh, here, here we are again. And it's like it winks back at you. Yeah. It just acknowledges your presence, yeah. keeping you company. There's also the bit that over the, the page from that the quote you read out mm. about falling in love with someone who you didn't know, I like the way she kind of collapses therapy language mm. and, and I liked all that stuff about therapy and how she and how um horrible she is about self-help books yes and yeah yeah sim- she talks like simplistic too simplistic language or something like well, that she describes and picking up the, the way love is blue reduced. doesn't she yeah yeah realizing it's really about women in therapy throwing it back yeah. on the shelf and then ordering it six yeah <laughs> she's like well, actually, I love this brilliant. quote that she says psychology forces everything we call love yeah. into the pathological mm. or the delusional or the biologically explicable if what I was feeling wasn't love then I'm forced to admit that I don't know what love is or more simply that I loved a bad man I also really love the the bit about what the ancient philosophers thought that how our eyes worked. Yes, yeah. And that um, Pythagoras thinks it's that there must be something coming from our eyes that illuminates yes. objects. Yeah. And then what's his face? I can't remember the philosopher says, no, well, that doesn't work because it's um, because what happens at night then? Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. yeah. And then yeah, someone yeah. else stops existing. Yeah. yeah. And then someone else says, oh, I think it's something in between that there's a fire in between mm. us and the object that illuminates both. That was really fascinating. When she's talking as well about like we see a poppy going, um, a bee flying towards an orange poppy. But to a bee, it looks like a violet mouth. And again, yeah. just being like, then who is... Like, who is right? What are we observing? Which, again, you can just instantly refract back to love and what yeah. one person sees in a relationship, the other yeah. person sees. The bit that broke my heart at the end where she just she writes to the Prince of Blue and she says, you kept my last letter. He didn't open it. Yeah, mm. he didn't open it as if it was a talisman. But I actually just wanted you to know what I, I thought. Know. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is... I had something to say to you and I needed you to yeah. hear it. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was strange to be okay with that he didn't want to know. Her thoughts. Do you think she, I felt like she, she wasn't, wasn't okay? okay. Yeah, I felt angry. like she was like, Fuck oh, you. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Let's let the listener decide. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I love her use of Joni Mitchell, I have to say. And there's a paragraph where she talks about how Joni and Billie Holiday as well are have lost their talent, you know, yeah, because their yeah. voices their don't voices sound the same. Ravage. And yeah, she says, one reviewer recently wrote, Mitchell's voice is a husky shadow of its former feather-like glory, mirroring how her joyful, playful attitude has dwindled to bitter dissatisfaction. And I feel like she doesn't even have to say to the reader, that's not fucking true. As yeah, if like yeah. late Joni is not as heart-wrenching and beautiful as blue is yeah but that yeah. someone has lived and changed and i thought that's incredible in one paragraph to quote someone else and leave a gap but we know exactly what she's saying yeah like, yeah how can so you criticize true. a woman for aging and changing yeah because she doesn't sound light anymore and therefore you assume she's bitter rather than she's lived the parallel with the Goethe young Werther book yes, which she mentions yeah. towards the mm. end because the parallel is how we romanticize other people's mm. pain like the people, the reason people love Joni Mitchell and Billie Holiday yeah. so much is the pain in their voices. Yeah, um, they're not poppy, bright singers. No, no. Those qualities described, even though the language sounds negative, it would be if you were describing a woman's face. It's interesting because it, what it requires is that a woman must be shiny and happy. Because early Joni isn't shiny and happy, but her voice is. Mm. She hasn't smoked twenty cigarettes a day. Yeah, and Joni famously recorded. Um, I've looked at life from both sides now. Yes as a young woman, which is quite poppy. Mm. And then there's a much older version, which is like, I've looked at life. And and it's hot and it's a much more poignant song and Mm, it's much more beautiful. But again, it's like for a a reviewer to say- I thought that review was supposed to be, I thought it was a positive review. No, they're saying it. (laughs) Well, again, I read it like they're saying it's, it's, it's a husky shadow. I guess you and, could say probably. I, I, think, I, I think it is positive. Or nicotine ravaged vocals, I guess, of the once angelic, now gasping Joni Mitchell. But it's better. It's like saying yeah. this wine is really old. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this whole book about blue, about sadness and being brokenhearted and young Werther, and she doesn't go too much into it, but it's a really, really sad book about this young man and he falls in love with this woman and she's betrothed to be married to someone else and he tries to be richer and he befriends her, but he has no money so she's never going to marry mm. him. But he, they do become friends and then she does marry the rich guy and he drowns himself. And, Cheery um, book. Well, the thing was that it was published and everyone was like, he's the most romantic guy mm. ever. Mm. And rather than thinking, yeah. what yeah, a sad story. Really spawned yeah, and they made statues of him and wore cravats yeah. and, and yeah. aimed to be like him. And, and then she says a lot of copycat yes. suicides. Oh, yeah. Because it was seen yes. as the most, that's what you do for yeah. love. You yeah. break Such yourself, you undo being yourself. Being in love with death for yes. yeah. romantic gesture. Whereas her last few lines, she does show you another option. I, I, that, mm. I think that's what's beautiful about the yeah. ending. It's that even though the reality is, you know, love, you would sacrifice so much pleasurable things. Do you think she's okay at the end? <laughs> yeah, do you know what I? I think with her writing, yeah. I sometimes think there's 
there's at times because I wonder how um, who the eye is sometimes yes. of the book yeah. because she sort of talks about you know these have been rearranged so many times they've been so when I'm reading I can forget that they've been curated mm. so that you know you do go on a particular journey and you and you do sort of learn something at the end and that the effect it has on the reader I feel like she's so aware of that and she's so sort of technically amazing and um, I sometimes think even if there's a performativity to her pain it's still pain yeah it's still real because I I'm so aware when I was writing my book that there was like a performativity to the to the Mm. pain sometimes in the way that sometimes when you see someone on Facebook say oh I guess I've just had a really Mm. shitty day guys and (laughs) you know it's sort of that awful painful thing where you just you just know they're trying to get connection and attention and there's something so awful about witnessing it yeah, but really like, relatable. Like I wish I had the guts to just say that online. What would yeah. what's the worst thing that would happen? Well, also, I never like, could. If you were feeling online. that much pain, you wouldn't be able to write the Facebook status. Yeah, you be able it's to write really performative. It does have to, you do have to sort of get yourself back there. But I think it's also yeah. someone being openly vulnerable, which I mm. think people in comedy sometimes find hard. Yeah, because I think you're right. Like you see it and you laugh. You're like, oh my god, bloody hell! Yeah, like calm yeah. down. And then you think. I couldn't write. I wouldn't be brave enough to write oh, that. And I wouldn't be yeah. brave to say I, I yeah. want help. I'd have to hide it. But also, it's sad that in that moment you couldn't have said that to a real person. Yeah, it feels yeah. slightly heartbreaking to me. Yeah, mm. but I get that maybe that's you know that's that's a judgment in of itself. And it's a judgment in that if you spot it, you got it thing. Yeah, and yeah, people, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. whose job yeah, requires yeah. attention. Yeah, Absolutely. so at first you just go, oh, needed a bit of attention. Do yeah, <laughs> as I'm on, on the that's way up to I mean, my gig. Like, yeah. One of the things that I also feel like I borrowed a bit when I was writing, there's a really great bit, because um, you know the, 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 the friend who has the... Oral, yes, of course, uh, the paraplegic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting because I did read one review that's sort of, sort of questioning, I don't know, the sort of ethics of how she how she sort of taken that and then reframed mm. oh, it. Oh, yes, and, and what it says about her, yeah, her and friend's I, pain. But she seems in such admiration. T- totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that was all ama- amazing, that stuff about. Mm. I and mean, there's one point where she's described as being like a, a pebble in water that yeah. will stay with me forever. Mm. But she, she's talking about, and, and I sort of really referenced it when I was talking about caring for my mum towards the end. and Because um, she was sort of paralysed towards the end. There's mm. a really similar bit where she talks about trying to move her body but and then the hurting agony, her. Yeah. And um, that just really kind of stung when I when I read it that when caring for someone you sort of accidentally cause them pain. And the whole thing that, you know, pain is like the way we see colour. It's mm. so private. Mm. It doesn't go beyond your, your body. And, and when she talks about going to hospital and someone saying describe yeah, the pain in terms yeah. of numbers yes yes and there's another incredible book which i think you both love you haven't read called um the undying by Anne boyer oh, no, who's an american it. poet who's also incredible who i read a lot before i was writing and um she uh ha- she's invented a new scale of pain based on emily dickinson poems that she <laughs> says instead of um, a number that's incredible but you're right absolutely we can't feel each other's pain yeah it's it's virtually impossible mm. to describe it it's complete and then certain people it's diminished we know that you know yeah. women of color are never yeah. believed yeah. Pain. yeah and and like maggie nelson says in this book men always say 11 yeah yeah, about yeah. Their own pain. and, and then she's the being glib, says but, oh yeah. women underestimate yeah so she's you say it's six it's going to be eight then yeah. Like, oh, yeah women underestimate their own pain i'll put you down as an eight yeah yeah, yeah and exactly in the fact that that you say like people of color that doctors were sort of taught in till yeah, about 20 years ago that they didn't feel as much yeah, pain. Yeah, yeah 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 i thought that was intimate she was talking about the friend 
and how her feet start turning blue because oh, she's yeah, not using yeah, them yeah. and they both observe them mm. because now for the friend can't feel them and so they're both at that point able to observe a piece of her friend's body that yeah. was once her personal body yeah. and I thought that was very beautiful's not the right word but just kind of like true friendship captured of like but she's bearing be, witness things with can this be person. breathtaking yeah in a way that you would normally think that's a response saved for beauty yeah it's a very yeah. beautiful book it it's deals so with a lot of beauty and sometimes I found it cold because of that because it was so the language was so beautiful and what she's talking about becomes so it's elevated contained as well that sometimes I would feel like oh god it's I don't know, like yeah. it, almost like she's talking about lapis lazuli, isn't it? Like you can, mm. it is like a it's stone so she's talking academic, about, isn't it? At times. Yeah, it's so precise. And do you and know what I thought about the man, the Prince of Blue? Um, you don't. At the end, I was like, I only know that she really liked fucking him. You yeah. don't know a lot about and him. And he has, but he's got another girlfriend. Oh, you know, yeah, he's got another yeah. girlfriend, and he, she really liked fucking him a lot. And that's six kind hours. Of, Six yeah, hours. six hours. There's that bit there. What did you do for six hours? Thinking six hours. I, yeah, you've only got two hundred fifty things about blue. <laughs> I, mean, I was thinking that. Like, does yeah. that include like loo breaks? Yeah, and... it must do. It must do. You can't just constantly. <laughs> it must be a bit of a chat. Get a pizza. Start again. Yeah, you get yeah. angry. But it's really interesting. I agree with that. That he's so sort of absent. He's so absent. absent way. But yeah. then she she talks. She has that bit as well where she says. Um, that when you write about something, it alters the yes, memory. Yes, the memory. Or, or yes. the memory is sort of replaced with the thing you wrote. Like when you see a childhood so, photo, then yeah. that's what you remember, so the photo. A bit where she almost says, I don't want to write, I don't want to describe this yes. too much because yeah, it yeah. will change it, which I also really get. Yeah, yeah, I definitely had, again, as someone who's written about yeah. them, their own life, yeah. that writing it down becomes the true version of it. Yeah, the time capsule for yeah. it. And then that's only your perception of it. You know, mm. your family members read it and go, well, I don't, I don't well, remember that. But that does happen to memory anyway, even <clears throat> yeah. without writing. But writers have a sort of privilege of yes. being the ones to put it down on paper oh, and sure. go, this is what happened. Mm. And obviously, like, we don't have the Prince of Blues take on this situation. <laughs> like, oh, I do. I it's high that. fidelity when it comes back. follow up. <laughs> Katie, I wanted to ask about that review actually because you said you read a review of this book, mm, mm. and I I would never read reviews of books because I you know I wouldn't want this podcast aside anyone else's opinion. Oh, I yeah, always yeah, read reviews. Yeah. I always quote you know, people. From e- even if reviews are not of me, I still find the act of reviewing so upsetting. Oh yeah. Oh, and I find it I find it interesting. Why do they need to criticize everything? So. You read a review of this book and what did it say about the relationship with the, the so pain of I, her? There's a particular paragraph where it's about the how the friend still manages to find a way to write mm. because she was a she was a writer before mm. the accident and that she, so she still found a way to write and that she wants to talk about the reality of the pain. And then the paragraph, so it's a bit it's a bit quoted from the friend and then Maggie ends it with something that she's she sort of reframes it and, yeah. and I think this review is saying less more of the actual the voice, writer yeah. and less you reframing it because she sort of says that she doesn't want to be taken out of context I think mm. it was something like that but okay. um, I, I don't it's... want Maggie to hate me I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I would never say anything but isn't it not Maggie. dedicated to her friend like it says at the end first and forever princess of blue right at the end dedication and I was like oh, yeah. I feel like that is the friend oh, really? I, I thought assumed... it was her daughter Oh, I see. I mean, that I, was thought, the I thought it wasn't problematic. I felt like it was so, it was so yeah. sort of sensitively done. I and think also she's and... very much taking the point of view of my friend has had an accident. This is yeah. how I feel yeah. as a friend. She's not taking the view of my friend should feel this or she does. It very much like at trying, like you said, as a carer, as someone who sits with someone in pain. 
this is how I feel, which I, having read a lot of grief stuff, really appreciated because I was like, it's so mm. often it is about the person who's dealing with the epicenter of pain, whereas actually there are all these other people who are trying to help. Like you said, literally mm. move someone and they're screaming. Yeah, and they're different experiences. And yeah, we're different. hearing about your one. Yeah, I felt and like she was telling us. Oh, there's a great bit where she says that the friend who takes on this sort of um, oracle-like status, partly because you have to go to Yeah, you have them, to literally go to the same place which to see her. So yeah. cool. But mm. also that the... That the friend um, doesn't buy into a sort of hierarchy of of pain and suffering. Yeah. Yes. So yes. she wants to hear about you know Maggie rushing yes, in yeah. and saying the Prince of Blues in love with another woman or whatever. Mm. And then that incredible bit at the end where she sort of it's something like she doesn't know if the pain has meaning or if she believes in the soul, mm. but she's seen the bright pith of her yeah, soul. Yes, the bright pith of her soul. Being yeah. so close to someone in unimaginable pain. It is romanticising mm. in a way, isn't it? Because mm. it's implying there's something sort of almost transcendent and martyr-like about... It's yeah, really it's complicated like, and there is a lot of stuff written about like, yeah, you know, it, just because something terrible happened to you doesn't mean you are therefore a glorious person. Yeah. But yeah. at the same but time... Everything has a meaning. Kind there of is a meaning to staying present with someone in a hugely traumatic situation. And that's what I feel like I'm getting from Maggie. It's a really, really unique human experience yeah. Yeah. that most people wouldn't choose to have. Yeah. yeah. Like, you wouldn't choose someone that you care about or love to be in, you know... And she quite clearly has pain. stayed with the friend. And a bit like she says, it's it's her friend's lover and her who seem to be helping her deal with this situation. Yes. She's obviously in the immediate circle. Yeah. And I think, that, you know, that is a carer's point of view. That's 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 worthwhile. It's interesting. She's yeah. not saying, my friend feels this. She's saying... Yeah, she's not talking on behalf of someone. No, she's saying, this is how it feels to watch someone you love in agony lose their life yeah. lose everything and she is slightly comparing it to her own heartbreak but only in a very artistic way yeah. <laughs> of like oh I see loss everywhere yeah and having had only like some experience of being a, a carer like to 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 get a glimpse you know to be in that world mm. however long it was you know a couple of months when I was doing different caring for both mm. my parents different times like you you realize there's this whole sort of quiet world of people caring yeah. getting ill you mm. know from the stress of it absorbing it being there and and I think of it as such a sort of um strange few months of my life where I just had a backpack and was walking up and down hospital corridors constantly like constantly crying constantly sort of buying hummus from M&S and you know it's just like a mad blur mm. and just wearing comfortable shoes and sort of no makeup mm. <laughs> and let's see like life. you become there's a loss of self yeah and you're just kind of thrown into it yeah suddenly with no warning and cancelling everything and yeah oh sorry my life and i indefinitely will be doing this now mm. sorry you know i can't really do and the medicalization suddenly you're expected to understand milligrams and when things should be dosed and you yeah. know when you the day before you had no fucking idea mm. and people will mm. hand you really hardcore medication like this yeah. needs to be done at this time this needs to be this mm. and you're expected to understand it mm. and not burst into tears and go no thank you i don't yeah. want this life because and feeling like such an arsehole because mm. suddenly you're in hospitals or whatever it may be you know around just like constant suffering and thinking i can't believe you know like a few months ago, I was just worrying about, you know, yeah. should I buy a new skirt? I mean, yeah. it's like insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're suddenly like, oh my God, this yeah. is real life. This is what That's real reality. life is. Yeah. I'm so embarrassed. Yeah, I, I think. And I think that's what she gets in this book, that it's a very unexpected accident. And I slightly feel like that's what I mean about artistic. The comparison is she's, she's not saying, oh, my heartbreak is worthless compared to my friend is now a paraplegic. But she is saying, oh, there's all this pain. And all this loss that we feel as humans, yeah. and isn't it? And I'm just looking at it. She's yeah. acknowledging there is a hierarchy, mm. and that some people would be hierarchical, but her friend isn't. Mm. I think so. I think she actually manages to sidestep and do both things. Can 
I raise one yeah. thing that absolutely stopped me in my tracks? Yes. Oh, yeah. It wasn't the purple vony cock? No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Going into every orifice, no. It was the phrase... In England, they say the blue hour oh, is happy hour at the oh, pub. Oh, I know. I did underline that. And Come I was on like, now. I've never... Have you guys ever it's heard not, that? It's not a phrase. I, she, thought it, I thought it. they said in Germany. No, she, she says, says in Germany, Blauzein. In Germany, Blauzein means to be drunk. So I feel Could like what's happened is some English person, yes, has maybe told someone her. with like an English parent yes. at the university. I read said, that. Oh, yes, the blue, like in Germany. Yeah, blue hour, happy hour, six till seven. It stopped me in my tracks. So I was, you know, yeah. you're but I was like, oh, Maggie, someone's lied to you. We don't call someone's happy hour to blue you. hour. I didn't notice that. No, what? It's interesting because can't. it's never been published before in the UK until really recently. Oh, there you go. I have a feeling it was um, Olivia Lang that championed her oh, to be published in the UK. I think that's right. Right. Olivia should have told her. <laughs> oh yeah, in England the, the blue hour. happy hour at the pub. That's so funny. The other bit um, that I really liked was you know when she talks about that book uh, is Isabel yes, Isabel Eberhardt, which I yes. which I read because of this. She dresses a man to travel, hung out with some Sufis. Anyway, I read her book. You know a bit of her. Oh, her, I, I I really the want Oblivion to read it. She says it's, it's like amazing. The most, oh, the just hang out with the blue people, the yes, tourists. Yes, yes. yes. The, these scraps of her travel diaries mm. were found and published. The Oblivion Seekers. It's amazing. I really loved it. There's a really the nice sequence. quote from Juliet Stevenson on the oh, front. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then I, he plays Sarah's mum in her sitcom. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> and then I bumped into her. We can so tell, nice. pass her, pass this on for me. I bumped. I saw her in the toilet in the award ceremony, mm. and I just listened to her doing the voice of Wuthering Heights. Oh yeah. Which she avoided. She's known version as the audiobook of. queen. She like, was amazing at it because I listened yeah. to it in lockdown. But also, I wanted to go up to her and say, "Oh, you gave a quote for that really obscure book." Yes. I thought no one in the world has ever said this to her. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love that book too. And I chickened out. Oh, oh she would have loved, loved it. Yeah. yeah. I wish she I'd done it. She would have loved it. Loved yeah. Yeah. I reckon about her. 20 people have bought that book in, 10, in the last 10 years. Sarah yeah. can text her. <laughs> it's just I a want to read it. I want to read it because it's, I, it's great. You, if you have the page, how is, what's the description no, that makes you want to read it? Because it's almost like the most extraordinary. Oh, here I've got it. The Oblivion Seekers, a collection mm. one critic has described as one of the strangest human mm. documents that a woman has given to the world. How do you, know you not want to read that? I think there's been stranger since, but I do, I'm <laughs> sure at the time. I was going to ask you both, actually. Maggie Nelson, Maggie Nelson mm. has managed to write you know, 250 questions, uh, poems about Suppositions. Blue. Yeah. Suppositions about blue. If you were going to do it, what would... <laughs> What would it be? What would the thing be? Because oh. mine would be... Yeah. Uh, Take that. And, no, and clothes, <laughs> clothes of animals on them. Oh. I reckon clothes of animals on them, I could... Mostly knitwear, but mo- but in the permutations of it, I feel like I could do 250. Oh. And it would be well, sort of, you know, seeing ducklings on little girls' tights. <laughs> <laughs> you made me think about tights I it's haven't thought funny. about since I was... Eight. You know those white tights, and on the ankle oh, there'd be like a our, dog with one diamante yeah, yeah. stud above it. Our school uniform was white tights, and the it? boys used to like run and jump in a muddy puddle next oh, to you, so no. that your white tights would get ruined. Even then, yeah. ruining, yeah. just and ruining. The, the sad girls would have woolly ones, and I don't oh, know which yeah. shop, but the cool girls would have who'd had sex early like would have like ones. really thin yeah. <laughs> white tights, like twenty denim, twenty denim yeah. 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 sheer yeah. white. And I was always like, where'd you get those from? I always imagined it'd be like you lose your virginity. The boys you, give you suddenly to, yeah. find the thinner tights yeah. is what I always imagine that's just, that's like when you start your period you get <laughs> thin tights yeah. the boys when you buy your first packets of condoms yeah, they, they slide you <laughs> the tights yeah. this is for the yeah. lady this is for you I don't know do you know Katie what you it's funny about? you say that because one one of the um, ideas I've had if I was going to write another book would be would be really inspired by this because mm. I love re- like 
my dream is researching something yeah. and mm, hours of rabbit yes. holes. Yeah. Oh my God, I love it so much. Yeah. Um, so part of me really, I mean, I couldn't write anything as good as this, but I love the idea of, of doing that anyway. I've thought about that. I mean, this feels like a really vulnerable thing to say. So my therapist is always telling me that I'm completely body dysmorphic and mm. saying mad things that mm. don't make sense all the time. And I sort of decided that most women kind of are. Yeah. On this yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I would love to, I mean, I feel like maybe it's done as a subject, but I would love to write about beauty and mm. I'd love to read what and you wrote about beauty and I, I just think it's such a huge subject you know yeah and it's weird like I um I had a conversation with Susie Allback about this <laughs> I saw um, I saw that interview it's brilliant wow. it was oh, absolutely amazing I'm so terrified but she said no you were brilliant it was before the interview she said oh it's got worse it's got worse for yeah. women you know yeah. everyone thinks it's got better I think it's got worse and I I still do, I still feel quite mixed about it because mm. in some ways I and this is quite off topic I see yeah, um I don't know, I suppose I see kind of body politics like I've never like, that was never around when mm. I was young. But then I also sort of see um I think both things are true, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. That yeah, that when we see women who haven't had work done, it's like really weird now mm. on TV and stuff like that. So there's a lot I mean, more information. And there's also everything. there's lots of people saying positive things while still thinking negative thoughts and yeah. making negative decisions. Yeah. The way that women are expected to look a certain way, but would still have corrective surgery. Yeah, and yeah, not talk about yeah, it. I feel like a hypocrite. Yeah. But also, like in some ways, I I think it's really it's so radical to meet a woman who likes their body. I want to be that. I want mm. to be that woman all the time, but mm. I also know that that's not completely true. So I also want to be honest about the fact. It's but it's, not it's true. incredibly, incredibly you know I mean? rare, and it was, and it's another so thing. It that women feel I like can they're name one person I know. No, yeah, well, uh, one person, yeah. a friend who, and who I bet says you could. <laughs> you could probably drill down and find yeah. something. I know what you mean. I feel like I've got one friend, and eaten. well, I had one friend, and then she had a baby, and now she isn't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was yeah. going to say my one friend isn't straight, which I think might be something to do with it. Oh yeah, that's interesting. I think yeah. it's hard as child of the nineties. I can understand. I totally understand what, why Susie or would say that. But as child yeah. of the nineties, when we're starting to unpick what we grew up with, mm. that you are like, oh, I think it was a there was it was hideous that we were. Bridget Jones was fat. We were told yeah. she was oh fat. Oh my God, yeah, yeah. And that, you know, she put on weight for that role. And at least now and then the word body pos- positivity exists because when we were growing up, it didn't exist. Yeah, you were either, you were either Kate our, Moss or you were... Our mothers Bridget would all Jones. have been of a similar generation yeah. as well. And I'm sure we've all Far got more own, fucked like, up. Yeah. But also <laughs> every, every single relative yeah. was allowed to tell you, you're not allowed that, you'll be fat. Yeah. Or you're not... And this is like as very small children. It's that thing. Rather than the, the body positivity, I hope that pe- children aren't spoken to about food. Yeah, I think the parenting we debate were. about food has massively changed yeah definitely and and in terms of what's healthy for a child and what you should how you should get them to eat like and eat away your sadness yeah oh god (laughs) (laughs) katie i want you to i think you should write 250 stanzas on that but then also i was but i was saying to someone yesterday i was like is it possible to do that though and and say it's not me like Um, could you ever have like a character saying all this i feel like she's doing that i feel like we're getting the version of maggie that she wants if ricky gervais can go on netflix and do a show with transphobic jokes and then say it's the character of Ricky Gervais <laughs> and I'm not saying you can't because you know he has I always you. forget to compare our careers <laughs> and you're absolutely right to say that because I always forget that's an option <laughs> you're right I think there is a way of doing it sort of go oh Gervais and Wicks um, I mean it's hard to tell them apart <laughs> very similar is, you know I don't know I mean it's an it's an insult to her really to think you could achieve this because it's not there's a lot of times of reading and learning inspired. I think, yeah. you know, I think she'd like that. Also, it's short. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Right, so I'm sure. pages. Yeah. 
Changed my life. <laughs> um, Katie, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so oh, much. Well, thank a you. It was fascinating a, conversation. What a delightful morning. So I nice. wish we could just carry on. I know. It's, I know. it's so nice. I'm going to say something so sickly, but this is why I love reading. And reading can sometimes be quite a lonely experience, yes. or it can be a wonderful experience where it feels like you know the writer is talking to you and that's the chat but if the writer is talking to you and then you get to talk to other people as well yeah, isn't it yeah. nice yeah especially with a book like this where you can yeah. be a bit like oh i'm not sure what she meant by that yeah and it's yeah it's it's because it can be read so many different ways yeah. Yeah. Up any page yeah of an hour's discussion yeah. i was sort of thinking out on the way here i was thinking mm. there's all it's my, my head feels empty because yeah. it's like it's like when she says you know a light so bright it's dark yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yes. this is like the book it's like it's so bright I go yeah I'm blank well, as, the, well, as we end I lines. demand that Joni Mitchell's blue fades up <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I, I, I want yeah, to yeah. just read these oh yes the line. Like, oh, so Simone I'm going to pronounce the name right. Veal Simone Vale I think it's Vile yeah. Simone Vile warned know. otherwise love is not consolation she wrote it is light and then her very last line Maggie Nelson mm. spoiler um, mm. when I was alive I aimed to be a student not of longing but of light Actually, I know. that's so wonderful. And it's I do think amazing. that's really positive. It's yeah. really positive. And that's you're, not, you're not in love with longing. Yeah. You're in love with what you were longing for. Yeah. Thoroughly recommend it. Blew it. Yeah. Blew it. Yeah. Blew, blew it. it. Yeah. It's a really it, unusual enjoy book, it. I think. Yeah. Enjoy it in your blue hour at the pub. <laughs> 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 have, a, have a glass of, um, what's it, Caraco people used to drink? Oh, God. Oh, God. Do you know what I mean? A couple of blue birds. No, no, blue blue that's Caruca. Caruca. Oh, no, what's it called? Like the blue... That, that all your yes, parents would yes. have left in the cupboard. WKD. That's more modern, yeah. A blue WKD. And listen to the song, I'm blue, double D, double D. Thank you for listening to the Weirdos Book Club. Next week's book guest is <gasps> It's You Are Not Alone by Carrie Lloyd. Live from Foils. Sarah's novel Weirdo and my book You Are Not Alone are both available now. And I've got a live event coming up myself at the South Bank Centre in May. And it's on sale now. Thank you for reading with us. We, we like, like reading, reading with, with you. you. 
Blue Seen Sam's Perfect Brides. <laughs>